Hello and welcome to Morning Coffee with Jesus. I'm Rebecca and today we're going to be talking about interference. So go ahead, grab your notebook, your Bible, tell a friend that we are live because we're going to get into the Word right now. Let's start off in prayer this morning. Lord, we thank you and praise you for each person that is tuning in now and those who will watch or listen to this later. Lord, we thank you that you are giving them the wisdom that they need, giving them that revelation that they desire, Father. We thank you for those divine connections set up and in order, Father, so we can be at the right place at the right time with the right people and doing the right things. We thank you, Father, that your word is being brought forth as I speak, Father, that I'm not speaking my own words, but I'm speaking out your words that are giving a life-changing power to those who are watching and listening. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you guys again for tuning in. We're going to be talking about interference. Um, I was listening to a minister the other day and they actually were talking about um, interfere. And as they said it, the Holy Spirit started giving me a different revelation on that particular word. So I looked at the definition. The word interfere means to butt into, obstruct, prevent a process or activity from continuing or being carried out properly, taking part or intervene in an activity without invitation to stop or to slow down or to make more difficult. Now, I want you guys to keep in mind this particular definition. Now, this is not a Bible definition. This is the definition that comes from the actual dictionary. And when we think of this word, we always, you can think of football, um, you can think of natural situations to where you were going one direction and someone or something got in your way and it caused you to veer around, to end up in a bad state, but we look at it from a negative perspective most of the time. Well, we're going to start in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. I'm going to read this one out of the New King James Version. When you're there, let me know so I know that you're following along with us. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, it says, <clears throat> or do you not know? that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own. For we were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. <clears throat> now, why is this important? Well, we have to know that our body is a temple. It is housing the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. We have such a beautiful responsibility. God is living on the inside of us. When you asked him into your heart, he came and now lives within you, me, all of us that have accepted him into their life. He is living with you. We have 24 seven access to the Holy Spirit. Is that not amazing? Well, we need to know this because there can be an interference that takes place to where 
When we want certain things to happen in our life and we don't see those results manifest, we have to stop and say, is there an interference? Is there something that has um, caused a separation? What is it that is going on to where I'm not seeing my prayers answered? Or maybe I was believing for something and I can't see that end destination, right? So knowing that we are a body that is a temple and it's housing the Holy Spirit, we should get excited because that means we can operate on a different level than the world. Because we have the Holy Spirit, we have the revelation and wisdom from God to get us from point A to point B without having any stumbling blocks in between. I'm sure a lot of you have seen on Facebook or some social media where people have been posting, you know, God's plan versus my plan. And I always feel that they get this mixed up because on this diagram, if you've ever seen it, it shows my plan and it looks like a straight path to wherever they're trying to get to. And then on God's plan, it looks like, you know, they've got a dip here and a mountain there and this and that. And people are like, yes, amen, that's so accurate. And when I look at that, I think we don't have a true understanding of who God is if we believe that he's the one that's putting tests and trials on us. The word of God tells us in John 10, 10 that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus is not the thief, the devil is. And then it continues to say that I, which is Jesus, have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. God is not putting obstacles in front of you to test you, to see if you will do the right thing, to see where your faith level's at. God knows everything there is to know about us, which is so great because he doesn't have to test us to see if we'll do what he wants us to do. Now, the enemy, on the other hand, is always going to try and put something in your way to cause you to stumble, to cause you to question, is God's word real? Does he exist? Does he love me? Will he really do what he says he'll do? This is what the Lord was showing me about interfering. He showed me that interfere, think about that, the word interfere, means interfere. I want that to sink in for just a second. It can either mean enter, E-N-T-E-R, like I'm entering into a place, or inner, like inside, I-N-N-E-R. But think about that. When something is interfering with our path that's leading us to where God is telling us to go, it is entering into a state of fear. If we can't get over a hurdle or a certain obstacle, it's because fear has come in and it's filling up a room and we're not able to see clearly. Therefore, faith is taking a back door. Think about that. We are either in fear or we are in faith. We have this choice that we have to make every single day. And it's important that we know how to stay in faith, how to have full confidence in God's word instead of letting a natural situation or a hiccup or you know something that's tripped us and made us fall down. 
We have to be able to be resilient, to get back up and say, okay, yeah, I got knocked down, but I'm not gonna stay down here. I'm not gonna throw a temper tantrum. I'm not gonna, you know, sulk or get into a pity party. I don't want people to come in here and, you know, complain with me. I want them to help build me back up, get me back on my feet where I need to be. This is why the body of Christ is so important, that we have people of like faith who, when you do reach that obstacle or that stumbling block that the enemy tries to throw your way, and you may feel hopeless in those moments, you have someone in your court who's there to cheer you on, keep you going. We just recently went to the Mavericks um, Center, and my son, who plays basketball, had a wonderful opportunity to where his team got to play on the Mavericks court and they have not done so well this season and I was so excited to watch them play here because they're now on this new court that they've never been on and they know who plays on this and they're all so excited so as they get out there, you can just see they're playing different. They can see themselves as a professional uh, basketball player. That's how they were playing. And they did so amazing. And they ended up winning all because of a perspective change. All throughout the season, maybe they didn't win this game and they didn't win the next game. And it can be discouraging to where they look and they're like, yeah, we're just not a very good team. Uh, the next game, well, we'll probably lose that one because we lost the one before it. But they didn't let all those past failures, all those past losses, stop them from winning their last and final game of the season. And that's what God wants to see in our life. He wants to see us to where we don't give up, no matter how many times that we have failed, no matter how many times we've missed it or made mistakes in the past, we don't give up on his word. We take what his word says, we believe it, we receive it, and therefore we act upon it and we see those results taking place. My daughter also at the, the game was one of the cheerleaders. So as they're playing their game, right? you got the cheerleaders on the side, they're cheering them on, you got people in the crowd who are yelling and excited, they're trying to keep them going. And it helps build confidence, which is why we have the body of Christ to where we can lean on each other, we can go and talk and pray with one another to where we're not allowing that interference to enter into fear. We are remaining in faith, staying in full trust and confidence in God. The word also tells us to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. So many things that we could talk about on that verse, but the first part where he's saying, trust in the Lord with all your heart, with all that you are, have full confidence in him. But then he also tells us to acknowledge him. Don't acknowledge the problem. Don't keep talking about what you can see with your physical eyes. Acknowledge the word of God. Acknowledge the word of truth. The Bible is the truth. It surpasses any natural thing that you can see here on this earth. 
And I think because we do live in this natural realm, we get so used to looking at it and trying to analyze and figure out logically how we can change a situation. But a lot of times a natural situation may be impossible in this natural realm, but we're not limited to this earth way of living. We have a higher power. We have the supernatural power that's able to back us up, help fight those battles for you. So no matter if you've had a bad report from the doctor, whether your bank account says zero or even negative right now, we're not gonna let that interfere. We're not gonna let that cause fear to reside and become our new home. We're gonna kick fear out of the house and say, nope, in this house, we choose to believe the word of the Lord. We are gonna stand firm in faith. We're gonna stand confident no matter if we feel bad that day. We're gonna stand up, get on your feet. If you don't feel well, stand up. Open the windows, no matter if you're like, well, we can't pay that bill today. Grab that bill, put it in your hand and say, Lord, I believe I received this bill as paid off in the name of Jesus, right? He became poor that we might become rich. He has made a way of escape for each and every one of you. He has so much good in store. Think about the goodness of God. He doesn't just pick and choose and say, oh, I'll give some goodness to you. Yep, nope, not you today. It's a matter of are we drawing on that account that we have in heaven? Did you know we have a heavenly account? It's amazing that God has set up this for us to where we can put in money, right? Just like a bank, you can put money into your bank, draw interest, off of it and get more than what you put in. Well, same way with your heavenly account. You can make deposits, you can make withdrawals, but it's a matter of are we putting into that account? Well, we put into the account, guys, what we put into ourselves. When we open this word of God and we put it into our lives, we're filling up that account. Therefore, it says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when we open up our mouth, we are speaking out living truth. You guys, are our words lining up with the word of God? I hope they are. If they're not, all it takes is you getting into the word of God, finding out what the truth is, and then speaking it out. You may not believe it at first. You may say it and be like, well, that sounds ridiculous. Then you say it again and be like, oh man, it still sounds silly. But the more that you say it, the more you begin to believe it. The more you believe it, the more you receive it. Try it out. Test it, guys. It works, but it's a matter of you not giving up, not letting anything interfere. We're not letting that fear set in and camp out around us, in us, we are getting out of that place of darkness and we're entering into light. Now, a couple scriptures that I wanna to read to you guys. I'm gonna read it in different translations for you because of the way that it is written. Man, there's so many different translations we can read, but these particular ones 
just really stood out to me the most. We're going to go to Proverbs 24, 15. And I'm going to read this one out of the message translation. It says, don't interfere with good people's lives. Don't try to get the best of them. No matter how many times you trip them up, God loyal people don't stay down long. Soon they're up on their feet while the wicked end up flat on their faces. That first part is telling us don't interfere with good people's lives. God loyal people don't stay down long. They may fall, but they are not going to stay there. You don't have to stay in a state of depression, a state of hurt, a state of poverty. You are an overcomer. God has made you victorious. He wants to see you succeed in every area of your life. Not just one. He wants every area of your life to prosper. The next scripture I want to read to you guys is Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. This one I'm going to read two translations. I'm going to read it out of the Passion first. It says, As for us, we have all of these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. Then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination. For the path has been already marked out before us. We look away for the natural realm and we focus our attention and expectation onto Jesus who birthed faith with, within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. His example is this. Because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross and conquered humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. So consider carefully how Jesus faced such intense opposition from sinners who oppose their own souls so that you won't become worn down and cave in under life's pressures. In the message translation, the same particular verse says, do you see what this means? All those pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on. It means we better get on with it. That means don't stop. Keep going, keep moving forward. But then he tells us, strip down, start running and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it. In the New King James, it says, Therefore, we also, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Lay aside every weight, whatever it is that is holding you down, weighing you down, pulling on you. Take off that excess. 
You don't need it. If you've ever been in an, a race or something to where you wanted to win, you wanted to make sure that you were first in good shape to be able to finish the race, but then you wanna make sure that you don't have anything that's holding you down, slowing you down, keeping you from making it to where you're trying to go. So finding out, am I carrying a weight? Now, what do I mean by that? Because people are like, okay, I'm sure I don't have any weight. If you are carrying a financial burden to where you're worried about, can you pay this? Can you do that? That's a weight. If you're worried about your kids at night, where are they at? What are they doing? Um, are they gonna be able to come home? Um, are they doing the right things? Are you worried about yourself? Maybe your mental state, your physical state. Um, maybe it could be your weight. Can you get this weight off? All the things, those are actual weights that can hold you down and limit you from where God wants to take you. God is never gonna lead you down a path of destruction. He's always leading you down a path that leads you to goodness, that leads you to success. And so don't let Satan interfere by adding on those weights, those cares of the world. The Bible also tells us to cast our cares on him because he cares for us. So if we're carrying that weight, that worry, that stress up on us, we are now trying to fight a battle on our own. And just like a natural battle, if you have 10 people against one, the odds are not looking so good because you have more against you than for you. But we know that God is for us. And the Bible tells us that if he's for us, who can be against us? He's able to far exceed any battle, any obstacle, any interference that tries to come your way if we will allow him to fight the battle for us. What do I mean? Does that mean that we just lay around and do nothing and be like, all right, God, you got this, do what you wanna do. We have to seek wisdom. We have to go in prayer and say, Lord, what is it that I need to do? Do I need to step back for a minute? Do I need to position myself somewhere else? Do I need to do, right? We have to go to him to find out what areas we need to be doing and when we need to be doing them. It's so important that we are making sure that we're not just at the right place, but we're there at the right time. I've used this example before, but if someone says, hey, meet me at one o'clock at this location and you'll get a million dollars, but you show up 30 minutes late and they were like, no, I said be here at one o'clock. You have to have your timing right as well as the location. So God will always give us the plan. It may not give you the full plan because you may not be able to handle it at that moment, but he may say, hey, why don't you take this road today? Or hey, why don't you walk into this store today? This recently happened to me and my daughter to where we weren't planning on going to the store, but then something came up and we're like, you know what, let's go to the store. So we were at the store, just so happened another lady ended up at the same store and we were able to talk and pray together 
all because we were at the right place at the right time. Both parties were listening to the Holy Spirit and entered into a place to where God was able to set up a divine connection for us. So don't ever hesitate when the Lord directs you to make a change. And it can be a simple change. is literally taking a different road to work or to church or to wherever you're going that day. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Listen to what he's saying to you and follow through with it. The next scripture that I want to read to you guys is Galatians 5, 7. We were running well. Who interfered with you that you should not obey the truth? This persuasion is not from him who calls you. A lot of times we start good. We are headed where the Lord's leading us. And then when that interference comes in, when the enemy tries to put that obstacle in your way, when the enemy tries to send someone to say something that's not good, or a doctor give you a bad report, or you get a collection call, whatever it is, you find out really quick who you have more trust in. Do you have more trust in a doctor? Do you have more trust in what the banker says, in your boss who's paying you, in your mental or physical ability? Whose report do we believe? Who has more value? And I know Again, we live here on this earth, so we're so used to seeing and hearing things play out that we just take it as it is sometimes. We're like, well, that's just the hand that, you know, life has dealt me, so I'm just going to make the best of it. You can make the best of it, but when we try and make the best of it out of us, a lot of times it's gonna lead down a long, painful journey. But when we listen to the word of God, he shows us the right path, the faster path. One that says, hey, I can get you there a lot quicker if you follow me this way. I know the secret door, the secret passageway here. Whereas we're like, there's no road there. And he's like, yes, there is. Follow me. I will lead you, I'll guide you. The word tells us that he's a lamp into our feet and a light to our path. So he's going to shine that light on a path that didn't even seem visible or possible in those moments. But because our eyes and our focus is on him, we're able to keep walking, keep going through. And now we're like, oh, oh, I didn't know that was here. Oh, wow. Who knew that this building was here? Oh, gosh, who knew that that creative idea was even an option, right? God can give you creative, inventive things to where you get it patented. You figure out the, the blueprint, right? God gives you the layout. Now you have the very thing you needed that you didn't even know you needed at the moment. But because you followed his lead, he led you to that treasure, to that purpose in life, to that goodness. God wants you to have these things in your life. He doesn't want the enemy interfering in your life anymore. That same verse in the Passion Translation says, Before you were led astray, you were so faithful. Who has deceived you 
that you have turned from what is right. The one who enfolded you into his grace is not behind this false teaching that you've embraced. Don't you know that when you allowed even a little lie in your heart, it can permeate your entire belief system. Think about that. A little lie, a tiny alter in the truth can completely change your belief system. I've seen so many different people who grew up in church who are not in church now because they ended up believing a lie from a, a situation that they went through or something else that someone told them. And now it's changed and shifted their whole belief system on God. Satan always wants to cause separation. He does not want you to get closer to God. He wants you to be in complete disbelief. And it all starts with a small, tiny question of, did God say that? Is that true? Think about it. Adam and Eve, way back in the garden, they had fellowship with God. He came and walked with them in the garden. They had everything that they ever had need of. They didn't have to work. They didn't have to sweat and do all the things that we have to do these days. But everything changed when the enemy came and made a simple question. Did God really say, right? This is in Genesis and it tells us, he said, did God really say you couldn't eat this tree? Did God really say that? And then they start questioning. Well, I don't know. Uh, maybe. Yes, he did. Well, right? That's what he does to us. He puts those subtle questions in our mind. And then after Adam and Eve ate the fruit, immediately their eyes were open to, wow, we made the wrong decision. We did not do the right thing here. And what did God say? He even asked them a question as well. Genesis 3:11, it said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded that you should not eat? He asked them, who told you you were naked? They did not know that they were naked because they were covered with the glory. But after they ate, that glory went away and they were exposed and could see, we don't have any clothes on. This is different. We've never, we've never seen this before. And then God's like, well, who told you you were naked? Someone had to tell you. Otherwise, you've never thought this before. Well, the enemy does the same thing with us. He comes, asks us a question, and God is going to ask you a question too. Who told you that? Who told you that? So I'm going to ask you, who is telling you you can't have what God says? Is it your family? Is it your opinion? Is it your situation you're in? Because God has better for you. His word is truth. It is life. He says you can have what his word says. So when he asks you, who said you can't have that? Who said you can't do that? And we come back with, well, this or that. He says, 
I didn't say that about you. I see good things in you. God sees us to our full potential. And I think that's so great that even if we see ourselves as a failure or not good enough or not qualified, God sees us as qualified. He sees us as good enough because he created us in his image. He created us for a beautiful purpose and a plan. And he says, I'm going to help you. I'm going to see you through as long as you trust me. Because if we don't trust God's word, we're not going to follow his lead. If a natural person came in and said, hey, I can get you to wherever you're trying to go. Just follow me. Well, if you know that person's a liar or you don't trust them at all, you're going to be like, yeah, I'm not going to follow you. I'll see if I can find someone else to lead the way. We have to have confidence in God. We get that confidence in God by reading his word, by finding out that he has integrity, that he follows through with what his word says. Every single time his word works, as long as we believe it and we apply it to our life, that's how we begin to see those results. We're not gonna let anything interfere. We are not going to enter into fear. We're going to enter into faith. We're going to enter into God's promises for our lives. I hope this has blessed you guys, that you are being encouraged when we're teaching and breaking down these scriptures and really getting into the meat of things. If you have prayer requests, you can email me at morningcoffeewithjesus at hotmail.com. You can write me at P.O. Box 244, Trenton, Texas, 75490. We want you to know that we are here for you, that we love you, God loves you, and you're never too young or too old to fulfill the call. We love you guys, and we'll see you next week.